Dear Junkie Journal, my hope is this podcast reaches the people that had a chaotic and traumatic childhood who not only survived it, but live with the after effects and continue to see the light in the dark. To the people that have to look themselves in the mirror every single day to say, keep going. You are not your trauma. When I began this journey, I had no intention of doing a podcast. In truth, I was encouraged to write these stories down in a journal by my life coach and friend, Julie. So the first season is really gonna be based on the junk in my own trunk. The second season will be more geared towards advice, coaching. Uh, You'd be surprised just how much you carry over from childhood. All right, y'all, so uh, this story takes place in my teens. Um, You know, I, I think after you know, writing my stories and my journey in life. Um, People are going to wonder if like these kind of things could happen, really, truly happen to one person or one family. Um, And the truth is it can, you know, when you're in a dysfunctional family, um, these kind of things are normal and chaos becomes your everyday normal. And um, it's just the way that it is, you know, you can rise above it. And, you know, hence the reason for my podcast Uh, is to give people hope, you know, um, especially in dark places. So here's one of my stories. So I'm laying on a bed half propped on my arm. I'm kind of like semi-aware of the man laying behind me who keeps touching me everywhere. He keeps whispering in my ear. Um, Honestly, I have no fucking idea what he's saying. I'm not listening. I feel like no desire to engage with him. And um, I definitely wish he'd like stop touching me. Um, I think, you know, about this and I think about him touching me and how I don't want him to touch me, but I don't even resist him. I'm just kind of like just letting him and and I don't know why. Um, Well, I do know why. I guess uh, he has what I want. he and I both know that I'm not going anywhere and he's uh, most definitely taking um, advantage of that situation. So um, at this point, like my insides feel really jumpy. I'm not sure when the last time I ate was or what time it is um, or even how long I've been there. Um, but I don't care either. Like I, I you know, I, I distinctly remember like I, I reached for the pipe and a piece of rock that was slightly apart from like the rest of the rocks and um I tried to put it in the top of the pipe you know um but I can't and I don't understand like what the problem is um you know my I I realize like my hands are shaking I like stare at my hands for a second like and like and for the first time I kind of become aware of the fact that my stomach is jumping It's like a weird jump where like my abs tighten um, at the end uh, of like every rise and then it like pulls me back together before expanding again. Uh, Really strange. I can't, uh, maybe like a, uh, like a convulsing almost. Um, Anyways. Uh, like once I concentrate on that, you know, then I notice my legs are doing the same shit. Um, it doesn't take long to kind of like realize my entire body is shaking. 
like I, and not just a little shaking I'm, I'm talking like below zero weather um in a t-shirt with no shoes on shaking like it's just shaking 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 you know and you and you would think that that would wake me up uh but instead it just kind of like makes me focus harder on the task at hand you know um you know the rock finally drops in the top and i put the flame kind of like barely over the stone um i move it around you know just kind of like gently just stroking the top of it and pulling it away um you know i inhale it you know and i'm careful not to burn it so i don't waste any and you know and i get this absolute like euphoria feeling you know um i, I don't i'm not aware anymore of my body's shaking not aware of the guy you know I just kind of like lay back and I remember just like staring at the ceiling um you know during that time I kind of had this weird memory it's kind of a memory of my dad actually um you know I was 14 um you know I, I think of the first time I smoked crack or a, a derivative of it which was actually crank um you know it's a couple of years before this point in my life uh, but I was 14 and I was living with my dad uh, most people called him by his nickname. His nickname was Rocky. He was a pretty short guy. Um, I stood already like several inches above his head. Um, we're kind of opposites, really. I was a skinny, tall blonde, you know, with this pale skin. And he was like this little stocky guy with really dark features. He was, you know, he had a lot of Indian. His dad grew up on the reservation and he was just looked like an Indian, you know, and I just looked nothing like this man. <laughs> um, but I'd been staying with him for a few months. Um, I had ran away from home and hitched a ride like an hour and a half to where he was living in a place called Gloversville. Um, and I really kind of gave him no choice. I just sort of like showed up one day and was like, hey, I'm moving in. <laughs> and, um, and he didn't argue with me. He just let me. Um, you know, I remember there was a day when I came home from school and he was sitting at the table with all his friends, uh, mostly guys he worked with. They did a lot of house painting, sheet rocking, roofing. There were those kind of guys. Just a bunch of rednecks and bandanas and ripped jeans. You know, that's those are the people I'm used to. Um, but you seldom like seen any of them without a beer. Uh, they always had beer. Always, always, always. Kind of like a beer and a joint was kind of their thing. You know, bandanas, beers, and joints. You know, uh, they all greeted me. You know, and they're all smiling. They're playing cards, and as always, they're always laughing. These were the good time guys, always laughing, having a good time, partying. Um, their conversations were kind of like always loud and boisterous. And they always felt the need to kind of reenact every story. So they'd be standing up and showing how they beat up this guy, you know. The tales usually involved like funny drunk bouts with other guys they know, uh, fighting. Um, and obviously the guy telling the story this conveniently always was the one to beat up the other guy. I mean, that just, you know, went without saying. Um, like trashy women. They talked a lot about women. They pulled trains on women and just kind of left them in some like completely demeaning situation. Um, you know, no, dad never really tried to hide weed or anything from me. I had been smoking like weed with him and, and you know, my friends for a while now. You know, I would sit with them and bust their chops. Just like everybody else, you know, dad sort of didn't treat me like a kid. I was kind of one of the adults, you know. Um, this time they were passing around a tiny glass pipe. I don't remember this. I'll never forget it. Uh, Dad didn't really pay like any mind, but I did notice that his friends were giving each other looks. Um, they didn't want me to see them do this particular drug. That, you know, was obvious from their faces. You know, they were kind of like, wow, you know, it's just a little girl. She's standing here, you know. Um, I watched Dad take a pull from the pipe and I kind of 
Like I watched like curiously as like the white smoke filled the tiny chamber and he sucked it all in. And you know, when he let it out, he did it with like deliberate slowness. Um, his body seemed to relax like immediately too. It was kind of like he did this slow puff and then whew, euphoria, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, looked like all the bad just kind of melted away uh, in lieu of some happy, peaceful place. Uh, a few minutes later, he, you know, he started grinding his teeth a lot, which I thought looked pretty stupid. You know, it was just his jaw was doing the dumbest shit, and I, I couldn't understand, like, why or what was going on, but I did notice. Um, but I decide, you know what? I want to try it. So I say to him, uh, Dad, let me hit that. He looked up and, like, kind of raised his eyebrows. <laughs> um, I watched as a nervous kind of, like, smirk turned into a full-on grin. He looked around at his friends. He was like, I don't know if he's nervous. I couldn't really tell what the thought process was. But, um, I mean, dad was like a really funny guy, but he was also like really quick to rage. Uh, so he didn't really know what was coming. But I know every one of his friends stared back at him like wide-eyed, like holding their breath. It's like they were waiting for him to react. Like, is he going to lose his shit? Is he going to give her this pipe, give her these drugs? Um, you know, once the smile left his face, he kind of sat thinking, staring down at that glass pipe, you know, just twisting it back and forth for a minute. Uh, no one spoke. I waited. I knew not to push him, so I waited. I mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted to hit it, you know. He did hesitate, but he handed it to me. He handed me the pipe and uh, gave me a side glance. He stared in my eyes for a minute and he didn't want to give it to me. That was obvious, but for whatever reason, he made the decision to pass it to me and and then told me how to do it. He said not to hold the fire directly on it. I needed to move it around the top of the rock, pull it away, repeat, and at the same time, inhale softly <clears throat> so it melted slowly. Um, otherwise, I was going to waste it. You know, don't hold the lighter over it. There's all these rules, you know. I took like a, like a huge slow rip and just sort of passed it on to the next guy. Uh, the second that I went to walk to my room, I power puked. I asked Dad, like, later what it was, and he said it was crank. But, you know, at this point, I kind of was just, like, thinking about that, staring at the ceiling, you know? But I, I sort of, like, came out of my memory when I feel, like, fingertips, like, pushing the bottoms of my shirt, like, slightly up. Um, I'm just, like, shivering. All the shaking comes back, you know, I'm kind of, like, all of a sudden I'm back, like, in my body, and I'm aware that my body is shaking again. You know, watch the goosebumps kind of raise up as the air touches my skin, you know, I'm just like watching him just push my, you know, shirt up, you know. Uh, I, I put the pipe on the table next to the bed, you know, he's not gonna leave me alone, I know that. Um, I look at the dresser, I mean, he has like three guns on it. I mean, I'm not sure what I expected. I'm in a crack house in, you know, in the city by my house. And um, I, I know that I'm not going anywhere, you know, and I know there's several guns everywhere. You know, well, I'm wondering, like, is he going to shoot me? You know, and then, you know, and, the, and another thought is, like, I hope he does. You know, I feel, like, so numb inside, you know, at this point that doesn't matter. I hate this guy, and, and I hate that he's touching me, but I also hate myself. And um, I just didn't know a way out. You know, I didn't feel like I had a way out. Uh, but I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that memory. Needless to say, I mean, obviously I didn't die, <clears throat> but my entire body was convulsing, you know. So I certainly know that I was overdosing, uh, but thankfully, thankfully all was well. I love to tell another story, I guess. <laughs>